Equip your students with the tools they need for financial literacy with Beyond Personal Finance, proud sponsors of our show. Beyond Personal Finance's unique approach for teens and tweens takes the student on a journey through their avatar's financial future through fun, interactive, and informative modules designed to open their eyes to the power of their choices. In one semester, your student will design the future to see if their avatar makes it to retirement. This will be the class your student talks about for the rest of their lives. Come see at beyondpersonalfinance.com. Hi, and welcome to It's Not About Money, the money podcast for intentional parents, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. My name is Matt, and I'm here with my hmm, intelligent oh. wife, Charla McKinley. <laughs> I noticed the pause before I was trying to with an adjective. I but see. There's so many adjectives to describe oh, okay. you. Okay. One could also be the artisan of adulting, which you're known at when you're <clears throat> on the speaking circuit. That is correct. That is correct. Okay, today's episode, this is a biggie, so everyone's going to be so glad they're here, because uh, it's going to be about allowance. And as we travel around together and I go to conventions with you, this is like easily the number one question parents would talk about. Whether their kid's three years old or seven years old or 15 years old, the question I hear more than anything else is, how do I do... Uh, how do I do allowance? Do I pay for chores? Do I not pay for chores? And I know there's some very different kind of models on this. So, Charlie, like, what's going on here, and where do you come down on allowance? Yeah, so I think that we as parents, we kind of struggle with with the concept of allowance. We're pretty sure that we need to get money into the hands of our kids. So we kind of kind of think we all know that, so they can learn, you know, to spend and save responsibly. Like we're we're there, but paying kids for helping around the house feels wrong because adults don't get paid for cleaning their house. And so you kind of, you kind of know, well, I don't know, do I really want to pay for something that they should be doing for free? Mm-hmm. But then they also, giving kids money for doing nothing also feels worse. Like just, just a handout. Just a handout. And we know that's bad. So then I think we as parents get stuck. But Yeah, lots, of, lots of stuck parents. <laughs> yes. Where I land on this topic is... First, I fully believe that kids should help around the house. After all, we're raising adults and adults have to take care of the house. So it's our job to help them learn how to do that. But I don't believe we should compensate kids for that responsibility. Because I don't know about you, I have one spender child and one saver child. My spender child would try to negotiate how much he was getting paid to vacuum. Like, oh wow, this Christmas tree made a big mess. Worse than usual, I'm going to need a bump in pay. Yes, you're nego- now you're negotiating. Now <laughs> right. you've got like like a little union. Exactly. And Or my saver daughter, who's on the other the other side where she doesn't even need money. So she'd be like, ah, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to clean that potty. I got plenty of money. <laughs> now so now you've got, 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 got a strike. You've got exactly. the union to strike. On one hand, they're negotiating rates. On the other hand, they're striking. And you just need it done. You need it done every week to an acceptable level of quality. You just want to get it done. Either way, either way. So so the thing is, what I tell parents is um, probably not a good idea to compensate for chores. Now, if you already have that process and it is working for you, then by all means, keep it up. That is absolutely fine. I'm just talking to parents now who either have this same union... <laughs> Union, union situation. situation. Yeah, Jimmy Hoffa over there. Or it just really hasn't hasn't worked. So what I say is that 
if you think of money in a, a different way, think of it as a tool similar to a soccer ball or a piano where you give it to your kid and require them to do something with it. So um, when Jack was little, he all the time wanted candy at every stop, whether it was a gas station or the grocery store or Target. Probably learned that from his dad. I like candy a lot. Whatever it is. He wanted candy. And... Um, and he also wanted these Lego sets. Um, and so I, in order to kind of cut down the asking, can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this? I gave him some money and said, all right, from now on, you are responsible for buying your own treats and your own Legos. <clears throat> now, of course, at Christmas and, you know, his birthday, things like that, he would get treats, but just in the regular, just trying to help him. Kind of the random, you're at Target on Tuesday <clears throat> and he exactly. wants some bubble gum. He's got that responsibility. So you, what exactly. you're saying is you're not paying them for chores, but you're giving them, you're giving them access to money and then some responsibility. So now, now I have to like make decisions on how to use their money and what's really important. That kind of gets back to what we talked last week around kind of discernment. When kids have money, they have to understand or they get to understand what they really care about and what they're willing to sacrifice to get the other thing. That's exactly right. So what I have, and, and this the link to this is in the show notes, is I've got at every sort of developmental stage an, a recommended amount of allowance that you could give your kids and then making sure that you give them the um, corresponding level of responsibility. So for Jack, I said, from now on, you're buying your snacks. I showed him how to, um, you know, keep track of his money. Um, he'd get like $3 a week and I would explain, okay, to you know, today you have $3. And then a week later when he got his next $3, we sat down and he showed me how much he had left and what he, we talked about what he spent it on. And then he began to quantify how much he was saving. And he knew that that was his responsibility for getting the $3. That was the deliverable. It wasn't for free. That's there. right. It was sort of a budgeting class. was not free money. But I was just basically taking money that I would be spending on him anyway and instead putting it in his hands to let him spend it on himself. But if he wanted... Uh, more money, then I made special projects available to him that were outside of the regular chores he were doing to so that he could earn extra money to get either more candy or save up for those Legos faster. So these were things kind of like outside of his chores, but that maybe kind of special occasion things like I can remember having him wash my car or help me wash the car. And I was going to spend that money anyway. I'm just rather than paying a car wash, I'm giving him, you know, 10 or 15 bucks to help him accelerate his savings uh, and, and give him a little bit more pocket money. Yeah, exactly. And then fast forward to, you know, the next time. That's from, you know, that lasted till he was about 11 or so. And about 11 years old, I don't know um, if you guys have noticed this yet, but this is when they the kids' meals, some places, you know, stop at age 10, some stop at age 12. But basically, Jack was in this time where he didn't want to eat off the kids. He was he was too cool, too, too cool. big. He did not want to I'm hungrier than that, whatever 100%. it was. And he just, he, he and I both loved to eat, loved to eat out. And he was, um, I felt like he was a little bit ungrateful for what was being uh, purchased for him. 
And so instead, I upped his allowance and said, all right, buddy, we go out to eat um, a couple times a week. And so I am now taking the money that I would be spending on your food, and I'm now giving it, including it in your allowance. And now you are responsible for paying for yourself when we go out to eat. And boy, that absolutely changed everything. I remember that. I remember the, the mindset change in him when the responsibility for how to spend the money, now he's looking at the kid's meal going, hey, maybe That's maybe right. a $7 kid's meal is better than the $13 burger and fries. That's right. And, Ma- you know, he would, he would, I always want to split a meal because a lot of times, you know, it's just too much food. And he never would have split. Hated splitting no. meals. He's too big. He's oh, too cool. Oh, I'm hungrier than that. Blah, blah, blah. But, man, when it was, when he was paying for it, now remember, it's not his money. It's still my money. I was going to pay for him to eat one way or the other. But because I gave it to him him he felt ownership of it and so his he was looking at me he's like mom you want to split a burger or mom you want to and then I'm telling you one of the things he loved was the hand squeezed lemonade oh my god every time we would go out to eat he always wanted a hand squeezed lemonade and yeah it's like four bucks exactly before tax before tips so it's exactly. like a six dollar drink and so I would start the meal he first thing we sit down he's like can I have the hand squeezed lemonade if I say no then he's grumpy. If I say yes, he gets the hand squeeze lemonade. He drinks it super oh, fast. Oh, like a lightning bolt. Then he asks for a refill, and then I say no. Either way, I end up no on this hand squeeze lemonade. You're always a problem. <laughs> You've always, al- he's yes. always frustrated. He's always frustrated, and it was always just the worst start to our meal. But once he was paying for it, then he he never got that hand squeeze lemonade just because he recognized how expensive it was relative to some of the other things he could have and if he was able to save money eating out then he had more money for snacks and legos and you know whatever other else things he you needed. To have. that's exactly right so so for me that's my mindset is to just take the money that you would be spending anyway Give it to them and require them to manage it in as a way to learn how to handle it responsibly. And they're going to also, in this process, they're going to, they're going to learn gratitude because now they know how expensive something is. They know how painful it is to part with money that you've got a limited supply of. So when they get that kind of bluebird, that bluebird means so much more than had oh, they just always gotten absolutely. it free. Like that, that time there's this Japanese steakhouse we go to that is kind of a family tradition of ours. We don't go there often. We go there a couple of times a year. And we had gone in and we had gone to this process where Jack paid for his own food. And we were we were militant about it. We would even get separate checks. So it would be, I would pay for myself, you know, Charla and our daughter Kate. And I would tell the waiter to put my son on a separate check. And I remember he was sitting there looking at the menu trying to decide, do you want to get like the 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 sushi roll because he loves sushi or do you want to get like the steak teppanyaki like what was he going to do because he knew he couldn't afford both and he was really kind of puzzling through you know this order and i remember there was a, a woman next to him and she was kind of watching him kind of go through this decision making process and i don't i don't know if she just thought we were bad parents <laughs> uh, and we were just like really abusing him or what but kind of out of the kindness of her heart she said you know what I'm just going to buy this kid a sushi roll. I just think she was really impressed because it was the way he was talking to us was so sweet. He was really puzzling it out. You know, huh, I don't have enough for both. I can't decide what I want. Um, should I have this or should I have that? And we were really counseling him. Um, it was a very mature conversation. And I think she just thought 
It was so cute. Um, you just don't see kids behave that maturely um, at that age. And <laughs> but you would have thought that he won the lottery. Oh, like he that was, sushi roll. Yes. Like he still talks about the sushi roll. Like it was the greatest sushi roll ever. He was so excited. He's grateful now because he understands the cost of that sushi roll. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, you know, that's money teaches so many things as we talked about last week. So what I have for you is an, a guide, basically, for empowering your child, putting money in your child's hands for each developmental stage. And what I say is regardless of age, that you get the money that they have that you allow them to spend 20% on their current wants. Whatever it is, they need to be able to have some fun money to kind of blow it because it's only when they blow it they can really learn something. So 20% about of whatever it is they get even money from grandparents, um, even birthday money. I always had my my kids, they could spend 20% of it. Then 50% of it, um, I would have them save. But I never really called it savings. I called it um, putting it away for future you. That way it's like, hey, you are going to spend all this money, but future you's going to spend 50% of it. And, uh, and now, they're, now they're doing kind of goal setting. They're thinking about what they may want to do in the future. They're setting that aside. They're having to kind of keep up with that money. They're tracking that money. And they're, they've got a long-term goal that they're, they're not just saving to save, which is super boring for me as an adult. Uh, and so it's painful for a child. But if they have that kind of long-term goal they're saving for, that actually gives them uh, you know, some, some other tools that, that will be with them their whole life. That's exactly right. And then... 20% I have them save for emergencies. And, you know, we need to start this idea of an emergency fund, um, you know, because there are things that get broken. There are things that get lost. Um, there are things um, and that, that you want to help them, you know, you're going to need them to pay for. Um, and so... I have them do an um, have them do an emergency fund, um, and you know if they depending on their age and their you know behavior, you may not have them if they lose something like a water bottle. Water bottles were big in our house. Water bottles are huge. If we ever find a place where all those water bottles <laughs> went, we can open a store. Correct, but you know you can split the cost with them. They don't have to pay for the entire lost thing, but I feel like giving them some skin in the game where they, when they lose something, after you've bought it one time, coat, retainer, glasses, baseball glove, baseball stuff, you know, that that having them spend some of their money really helps them be more responsible. And then, and then that final 10%, I have them give away. Um, connecting them to a bigger world and the needs of our world by uh, investing in their community um, is very important for kids. And so that's how I have it done. 20% on their current wants, 50% on their future wants, 20% for emergencies, and then 10% for charity is basically a framework. And, and you can get that. And, and we let our kids kind of pick the charity they wanted to invest in. And they didn't necessarily give it away 
you know, every week or every month. I remember when Jack was in high school, uh, one of his students was trying to to uh, collect money. I don't remember what it was for. Maybe it was a mission trip or something. And uh, the friend reached out and kind of did this kind of broadcast email. And Jack had saved up a lot of money. He had like, I don't know, 50 or 75 or 100 bucks in his charity budget. And he was able to give a meaningful donation to a friend of his who had a really good cause he was trying to support. And it was it was a blessing for Jack to be a blessing to someone else. And I think that's one of the things that we uh, we want for our family and we want for our children is to learn that they can be a blessing to others with the gifts they have. And, and one of those ways is through financial contributions to meaningful things. That's right. That's exactly right. So we're going to need to wrap it up here. Um, as this is a money-themed uh, podcast, we'll circle back to these topics. And there's also right on our website it's not about money podcast.com. There is a button for questions that you might have. Questions. Ask yeah. questions. We would love to hear your questions. We would love to hear your questions. Um, try to get to most of them. Um, the ones that tend to be uh, more common questions, we're going to gather those together for a listener question session so that we can kind of share what it is that's on your minds. But uh, you can get my framework at on the show notes and also at it's not about money podcast.com if you want to subscribe every week you will get this content delivered to your inbox so you won't have to go out to find it um we will uh deliver it to you first thing wednesday morning at 6 30 in the morning you're gonna love it all right y'all right. thanks for joining us thanks for joining we'll see you next time